Welcome to Recipe Club, the old podcast where we debate the best way to cook the things you want to eat. My name is Chris Ying. I'm hosting today. Kicked Dave Chang out of the uh, the host's co-pilot seat for the day to welcome back, man, JDB. You've played Dave so many times. Are you having a hard time? I'm, in, <laughs> I'm, I'm just gradually inhabiting his his mind and, and life. You're talented Mr. Ripley-ing him. Yeah, I'm just outside his house with the binoculars and a clipboard just how right, he brushes so teeth our, today playing the peeping tom <laughs> peeping tom will be john deberry and our uh our other special guest today coming to us all the way from across the pond what time is it priya krishna nine o'clock in the evening oh my god and we just ordered all the desserts on the room service menu <laughs> wait so will they show up in the middle of our recording no, they they did show up, and I ate some bites. They were not very good, and Seth finished the tray. Well, give us give us a taste of what you got. I mean, we you don't have to ordered, you, don't, you don't have to poop on the the hotel, but tell us what you got. Yeah, expose the hotel. <laughs> we got a pear pear tart tatin with lavender ice cream. We got tiramisu. We got a passion fruit cheesecake with coconut ice cream. Seth, what else did we get? Was that it? That's it. Hmm. Limited dessert menu. Well, we tear a miss you, Priya, here in America. Wow. 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 <laughs> oh, my God. Okay. So as a reminder, or as a, uh, as a little bit of information, if this is the first episode you've ever listened to of Recipe Club, what a weird place to start. But this is a show where we welcome you, the listener, to submit your family recipes, recipes of your own creation and, and adaptation, so that three of America's most... What are we today, guys? Diverse. Beloved. Beloved food personalities <laughs> can cook them, then mess around with them, push them to their limits, just really test them using our proprietary wheel of death, which is over my shoulder here. Let's get into this. Priya, today we're focusing on an ingredient that I believe you chose, maple syrup. Do you remember? Is this a, is this a favorite? Is this a Krishna favorite? Or did you get saddled with maple syrup? No, we love maple syrup. Actually, growing up, I remember all I wanted was Aunt Jemima because that's what all my friends had. And my parents, who had immigrated from India and settled in New Hampshire, were like, no, you don't understand. Like, real maple syrup is where it's at. And I was like, you don't know what you're talking about. I want Aunt Jemima. And they held strong to their convictions. And they were absolutely right. Yeah, no kidding, man. They really, wow. you're on the wrong side of history on that one, Priya. I was totally on the wrong side of history. And they were like, shut up. You don't know what you're talking about. Like, they knew the difference between like grade A, like the dark versus light. Because, like, I feel like when you spend any time in New England, you just sort of become like an armchair, like maple syrup expert. Yeah. It's like, it's a, it's a real thing, right? You live in Chicago and all you can talk about for the rest of your life is how great Chicago is. You live in the Northeast. All you can talk about for the rest of your life is how maple syrup is amazing and everybody's eating garbage. That's a moment in your life, Priya, where it turned out your parents were telling you something cool and you were uncool. <laughs> I have never experienced that in my life. I've never, <laughs> never been like, oh yeah, my parents really? were right. That was, that was cool. I mean, there's many things. That's like been... ev everything That's like in everything. my life. Yeah. Is that, yeah. <laughs> this episode is brought to you by Jiffy Lube. Cars can be a big investment, so it's important to take care of them. I once got 
a car that I started out with 25,000 miles on, I got it to over 200,000 miles because I took care of it. You know how you take care of a car? You take care of the maintenance, the oil, the brakes, all that stuff. And if you don't, you can have a car just completely fall apart. When your car needs maintenance, head to Jiffy Lube. They provide automotive excellence at speed. Get your oil changed, brakes checked, tons of other multi-care services. It's all done by expertly trained technicians who actually care about taking care of you and your car. Jiffy Lube, car more. To find coupons and start an instant online estimate, visit jiffylube.com. This episode is brought to you by Anytime Fitness. We're not all professional athletes, but we all have health goals. That's why Anytime Fitness gives you access to personalized plans and support from a coach. Plus, you can track your training, nutrition, and recovery progress with the Anytime Fitness app, just like the pros. With 24-7 access to more than 5,000 gyms worldwide, get more from your gym membership, visit anytimefitness.com to try it for free today. Terms, conditions, restrictions, all apply. See website for details. JDB, you have moments like that? Tell me, give, break me off a piece of something where you were like, no, this is not cool. And then later in life, you realized your parents were trying to introduce you to a authentic syrup or a I mean, neat kind of shirt. A neat kind of shirt. Um, well, I guess actually it was... It was <laughs> Um, I just didn't wear shirts until I was 17. I was just feral. Um, <laughs> no, actually, the, the, I, it, it's funny you asked that because it, I actually food and like being a foodie and being into drinks and being into fancy wine and all this stuff, I was so against it. And my parents were so into it. My mom had like every Martha Stewart book. Like my dad had like every wine, everything. He like self-published his own book about wine. And I was a vegetarian from fourth grade until college. And it was like 57% just to spite my mom and have to not eat the kind of like cool, cool food that she would make. And I would just eat like cereal and like cold cuts or whatever. And so it, it took until I was in college and I was out of my parents' house to be like, oh, wait, actually all this stuff is amazing. And like bad food and boring food is like really not where it's at. So I came like totally full circle. I started working at a, a cheese place and now look at me, I'm just like, it's my whole life. So um, yeah, so they were definitely right about that for sure. So, <laughs> uh, that's a whole different meaning to like, look at me now, dad, you're just like, look at me now. You were right. I've just never, I don't Okay. Listen, my parents occasionally listen to this. It's not that my parents didn't ever show me anything cool. They also were really into like, they showed me that food was an interesting thing and we were very into food. And so I ate a lot of food. <sighs> look at me now, dad. <laughs> look, how, look how big I am. Uh, Size wise, not not popularity wise. They introduced um, you to thirty one flavors. Is that cool, Priya? What did we say? Baskin yeah. is cool. I think Baskin Robbins is kind yeah. of cool. Priya, Priya, I feel like this is. But you were saying Priya, like this is everything. Everything that your parents told you when you were younger, they were right and cool. Literally about. everything. Right. Everything. And your My parents, parents are so cool. And I don't, I don't want you to take this your as an insult, cool. even though it is. But your parents are way cooler than you. One hundred percent. I'm not insulted at all. That's just the truth. Just to just to like give you a sense of how much cooler my parents are than me and how much more respect they command. When David Chang could not come to my wedding, instead of sending an apology note to me, he sent a like 500 word apology email to my parents. 
And no. you know what? And you know what? This was before <laughs> Chat GBT four came out, so we actually know he that actually he wrote, wrote that letter and didn't just put it into a computer to write it for him. <laughs> that was a real, real letter. Uh, JDB, what about you on and maple syrup? Did you grow up in Aunt Jemima kid, or did you have the real deal? Oh, I I grew up in Greenwich, Connecticut, so that is like the a very New England location. So I had maple syrup. It was just part of my life for as long as I can remember. And there was, yeah, it was just always there. And then I also had just at at PDT when I was bartending there, we had this Benton's old fashioned with the Benton's bacon and maple and the great B maple syrup. So I probably have, I've probably poured out like so much maple syrup into people's mouths indirectly um, it's kind of an astonishing amount because I served a lot of those drinks. I just like to imagine JDB this, at, at PDT, like a, a bartender at Senor Frogs, just like, like, a, like a pour on, blowing, blowing a whistle <laughs> yeah. and then pouring maple syrup into people's mouths and then some bourbon and shaking happened. their heads. Yep. That's how we did it. That's why That's why you had to wait four hours to get into the bar. <laughs> do you think we could ever, do you think there's any way, John DeBerry, just a brief digression from a digression from a digression, any way that that bartending move, uh, the whistle and the squirting things into people's mouths makes its way into like high-end cocktail culture? I mean, it kind of did with the Perone. Ah, like, yes. I think- I think people okay, actually. Okay, but you're missing a crucial part of that. <laughs> That's the whistle. It's the whistle, and if you're a woman, <laughs> the they whistle. like squeeze okay. your boob. No, Dude. wait. What is the whistle? I, I. This is a gap in my knowledge. What is? Have you ever been to Cabo, John? I have not. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> like, the, like the. We know Mexico, because Cabo? you've never no, been whistled and boob squeezed. Yes. <laughs> I mean, I've been boob squeezed a lot, but. The, yeah, it's a little. It's a literal referee whistle, right? Pretty. They just go around and it's like tweet, yeah, tweet, it's tweet, a referee tweet. whistle. Yep. And yep. then you know, then I imagine it's like, those slide whistles, like pew. <laughs> no, it's <laughs> not a slide whistle. It's a little referee whistle. And then they come and like pour a shot into your mouth or something, and then like shake your head uh, instead Ugh. of shaking a cocktail mixer. I had this happen to me one time actually in in Massachusetts at a Japanese teppan restaurant, a teppanyaki restaurant, where they squeezed sake out of a mustard bottle that was like warm from <laughs> sitting next to the teflon into my mouth and i almost threw up on the spot anyway none of that has to do with maple syrup we're talking about maple syrup today i i unlike you two nor'easters or nor'easter people descendants of i had i had no idea that maple syrup existed other than the plastic squeeze bottle until i was probably 25 years old no idea that this was a thing uh, my wife's family in Massachusetts produces maple syrup. They've got their own little maple production system going on. Of course, of course on. they do. <laughs> and only then did I realize like this stuff that we have poured into people's mouths and whistled at and, and poured all over the place is insanely hard to make. Have you guys ever yeah. seen seen what it takes? Yes. It's, yes. Like, it's ridiculous, right? And trees and what, what everything. It, and, yeah. And then you, so basically, you guys correct me if I'm wrong, but basically it has to happen at a very specific time of the year. Uh, Gabby has written here in my notes that it has to be below freezing at night, yet temperate during the day. I guess so that the the tree sap is still liquid, I assume, or something like that. It's like if the tree isn't just frozen solid. And then you're going around, you're tapping all of these trees, meaning you're, you're draining all of this sap and just gallons and gallons and gallons and gallons of this. And then you're just sort of, boiling it forever. Yeah. So you can tap like 
like you said, John, like a whole network of hundreds and hundreds of trees to get a gallon of, of maple syrup. Yeah. Uh, it's totally ridiculous. It's also known, so it's like, it's known throughout the Northeast where these maple trees are happening, where your your respective families have, have seen this. And then it's big in Quebec, where it comes in, I think, cans, right? You guys ever seen a can of maple syrup? No. No, you guys aren't my Quebec experts. Sorry. You ever been to Quebec, either one of you? I'm only used to, no. I've, I've been to Quebec, but I'm only used to the little, like, the teeny tiny handle maple syrup. Oh, okay. Uh, it is also, I think, what do you think? Do you guys think that maple syrup, when you buy the real deal stuff, whether at a grocery store or, or at, you know, whatever roadside stand, do you think it is appropriately priced or do you balk at how expensive maple syrup is? The real stuff. If you know how, what it takes to make maple syrup, I feel like it's reasonably priced. Yeah. I think if you line it up next to like, like the Aunt Jemima, it's, it seems expensive, but that's just because Aunt Jemima is flavored. <laughs> flavored corn syrup like my parents were so frugal growing up but they were willing to splurge on real maple syrup because i feel like living in new hampshire they were like we know what it takes so by that logic priya i want to (laughs) know because i've often had this thought about eggs and i'm always like people are always balking not no pun intended they're not balking they're (laughs) balking at the price of eggs but if you've ever watched a video of an egg come out of a chicken's cloaca, I think I've talked to you guys about this. Like a dollar for that to happen to an animal seems okay. Right? Yeah. So do you yeah, think like I maple, agree. do you think that more things we could get away with higher prices for groceries or people could charge more for groceries if they just instead of like having branding, they were just like, here's a <laughs> here's a picture of an egg coming out of a chicken's ass. Like <laughs> you pay one dollar for, for this to come out of your butt. <laughs> right like i think that <laughs> there's something to that process anyway uh the, the rest we got we got uh here on here on recipe club like i said we put out the call for recipes from you our listeners our fan base our friends and we received a good number of recipes we got french boyfriend waffles from natalie baseman the maple leaf from Sean McCann. Well, a lot of these are really kind of like enticingly named. Did you guys notice this? Mm-hmm. Maple cream pie from Michelle Steele. Maple miso butter chicken from William Orock. Sticky maple and bourbon pork ribs from Belkis Will. Vegetarian maple nuggies from Julia Lauer. And the one that we chose also from Belkis Will. 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 Maple pudding cake. Or pu- can you pronounce this properly for me, Priya? Chomeur. Chomeur. Pudding Chomeur. Chomeur. <laughs> Why did you choose this one, Priya? Uh, this was actually, I think he mentioned it, or they mentioned it in the head note, but didn't actually submit the recipe. And so I reached out to Gabby being like, I'm interested in the recipe they mentioned in the head note rather than the recipe they submitted. So Gabby went back and got the pudding cake recipe. Oh, so Belkis um, wrote in and said, I... I I like this pudding chalmer, but here's my sticky maple and bourbon pork ribs. And you were like, no, no, no. Talk to me about the (laughs) chalmer. I, because I guess I wanted to make a dessert. I did not want to make a pie um, because I had just made ube pie. Um, And a lot of it, like a waffle sounded amazing. And I would have loved to expense a waffle maker, but literally it was just like, (laughs) 
Because we all know why Rachel and I do this podcast. It's it's unbelievable. (laughs) There used to be some illusion. We used to have some (laughs) illusion of of like participation on Recipe Club. And now we're just openly talking like this, like Trump ruined America. Now you're just talking openly about the scams you were pulling on Spotify, on Spotify. Um, but the waffles, it was just like, you top it with maple syrup. Like I didn't want a thing where you just top it with maple syrup. I wanted maple syrup in the thing. And I had never made a pudding cake. I thought it was an interesting method. Um, it seemed easy. Uh, yeah. Famous last words. Um, but yeah, uh, that's why I chose this one. Uh, so this brings up an interesting question. You did want to make a dessert. JDB, where are you? I think we, you've already said you used to make the bourbon maple old fashioned. Did I say mm-hmm. bourbon? Is that what it was? Okay. Yeah, it's bourbon. Uh, <laughs> and but where are you on bourbon as an ingredient, as opposed to a topping like Priya's talking about on the waffles, where you just slather whatever? Bourbon as an ingredient. I think it's great. Sorry, in... maple. Maple. Oh, yeah, as an I was ingredient. gonna say like I could did talk I about bourbon? bourbon for sure. But <laughs> I'm so maple drunk. as an ingredient. Um, I. I love it as a cocktail ingredient, as, a, as an alternative sweetener, because it provides um, a very interesting dimension and depth and kind of richness that you don't get, obviously, from just straight sugar or even honey. And honey can be very overpowering, I think, for me at least. Um, so as a cocktail ingredient, especially in non-alc cocktails, if you, when you need to just cram as much intrigue <laughs> into, into your ingredients as possible, uh, I love it. As a, it's, a, it's a go-to for me, for sure. Yeah. Especially like the grade B. I don't even know what they call it now. They change the name so many times. But the dark, really interesting kind with that's a yeah. little bit thinner is like always, always a go-to. I think, Priya, you tell me. You eat at a lot of restaurants. But I feel like maple syrup in savory preparations. If it's like a maple, like like Belkis's other things, sticky maple and bourbon pork ribs. I feel, while I, I have a great deal of affection for maple syrup, I feel like it's a little bit of just like a trigger word where I don't get that much maple yeah. out of this thing. It's just people yeah. like sticky maple. True or false? It makes me think of like a TGI Fridays commercial, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. I mean, I get the appeal though. I totally, under, like, it's it totally works on me. If I see maple something, I'm like, oh, that might be good because I think, were you guys ever enticed or have you – I guess you guys haven't spent time in Quebec. I have not spent time in Quebec. But, like, I have really romanticized the the whole opiate de cochon, like, sugar shack thing where it's just maple syrup oh, on yeah. foie and everything, right? Like, you know what I'm talking 100%. about? 100%. Yes. Uh, but those are those are, those are are those are real things, right? These sugar shacks in, in Canada? Yeah, they're real. Where it's, like, just fatty – insane food that they eat in the winter time when like the maple syrup has been freshly made and you just like pour it all over your pork butts and duck dicks. And, and they also do that thing where they like <laughs> drizzle maple syrup on snow and then Does it that really work? Yes. And you have maple snow. The maple. I remember trying that when I was a kid. It never worked. <laughs> Is it I the, okay. thought that was a scam. I thought it was maple snow. So they either make like a snow cone and like drizzle maple syrup over it or I also saw a thing where they like make maple candy by like freezing yeah. it in snow or something like that. And then you just eat maple candy or whatever. Anyway, it's very, it's a very romantic notion to me, but I, I'm glad Priya that you selected a dessert dish here. I'll read a little bit from the head note that Belkis included. I grew up in Switzerland, but for whatever reason was imbued at a young age with a deep love of maple flavor. My sister ended up marrying a Canadian, I think unrelated to the deep love of maple and now lives in Ottawa, 
which has significantly increased my access to all the maple products they have there. Because I don't feel like maple was that hard to get in Switzerland, but sure. Uh, this dish is a, has helped me because I am based in Ukraine for my work, and before that was in Myanmar, Iraq, Yemen, and Libya. Uh, I think bringing this bottle of, of maple everywhere, being shelf-stable, has been help, helpful in, in bringing this flavor everywhere. This dish, this p- pudding chômeur, is a Depression-era dish. Hi, my name is Belkis Villa, and uh, this is my recipe for maple pudding or pudding chômeur, as it's called in Quebec, where the recipe is from. My sister, a few years ago, married a Canadian man, and she's actually living in Ottawa now. Um, And my love for this recipe, though, predates that. It comes from a deep, deep childhood love of maple syrup and me wanting to find uh, maple syrup recipes. I love to make this because it's ultimately an extremely easy recipe to make. And I think because maple syrup is just such a wonderful kind of luscious and rich flavor, it takes what is a really simple and quick and easy recipe and it just makes it into something that's, you know, really enjoyable to eat and feels like quite a fancy dessert when, when again, it's, I mean, it's an incredibly simple dish. The one thing I would say is one of, it's one of these dishes where if you use too much, um, you know, baking soda or baking powder, you're going to uh, really like ruin the flavor. What you really want is the maple syrup flavor to come through and use enough of it so that it really, um, yeah, it really makes the dish a maple syrup dish. I'm really curious um, from a technical standpoint to see how well it works with microwave only. I'm presuming, uh, you know, Chris is going to figure out how to do it. I'm very interested to see this Indian uh, fusion um, <laughs> competition between Freya and, and and whether it's 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 Dave or or, or John DeBerry. I mean, I think you know what what I have seen from doing more research on this dish is that in Quebec there are many chefs who take this dish, but then they kind of jazz it up by adding all sorts of other things into it, into the into the cake batter um, or with the maple syrup. And so I think there is a lot of room to actually add, whether it's, you know, Indian spices or, or other Indian flavors. So I'm actually really curious to see what um, what that uh, fusion is going to is going to lead to. Whatever whatever they make, I think it's going to be delicious. You basically just boil uh, maple syrup, cream, and a little bit of apple cider vinegar to make this kind of caramel sauce, which is going to go on the bottom of your pan. And on top of that, you're going to make this cake batter, a super, super simple cake batter of a little butter, sugar, egg, baking powder, uh, flour, and a little vanilla. It's like a very dense batter, denser than most cake batters. And then bake it on top of this caramel Flip it over, or sorry, then put some more caramel on top, bake it until it's all sort of warm and crusty and brown, and that is your Depression-era food. Um, <laughs> I'm sorry to keep digressing, guys, but before we get into this recipe itself, I just I started thinking about Depression-era foods, because uh, I am currently in my Depression-era, <laughs> just thinking about all of the foods that I've been making. This sounds cool. This sounds delicious as like a depression era food. But yeah. when I was Googling around like depression era or sort of famine or poverty foods, they are seem to be like distinct from uh, what do you call them? Like peasant foods. Do you guys see mm-hmm. a distinction between what I'm talking about here? Like peasant foods seems to be like feijoada and gazpacho and like interesting creations using scraps. Whereas a yeah. lot of this sort of depression era stuff is more you know, peanut butter and mayonnaise sandwiches. And there was, I guess there was a whole period in the yeah. Great Depression where Americans just ate, ate crow. 
You guys know what I'm talking about? Like literally crow. Like literally crow. I think there was a craze in Oklahoma where people were eating crow because it was readily available. Uh, but I don't know. What do you, what do you, do you guys, I, I think, do you see this, this, this distinction I'm talking about I between do. like a depression famine food and like a peasant food? I think depression food is more like using processed, very shelf stable, frugal yeah. foods, whereas peasant food is like, what's like the, clo- what's the closest to the raw ingredient we can get because we don't have time to process it into anything else. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, I remember being in Mexico. Not at Senor Frogs, a different part actually in Baja. Not in Cabo. Where I was served this, <laughs> not in Cabo. I was south of Cabo, where I was where I was uh, served a hot dog ceviche, which is like the most depression era food ever. It seems like it was like a poverty yeah. food. Like so, it's like ceviche. Yeah, that's everything cool. is everything is the same as ceviche except for it's chopped up hot dogs, and like I feel like that is depression era food. Whereas you've got more Can sort of like off cuts, like dogs? awful and things like that. Yeah, they're all cooked. They're all they're all pre-cooked. Yeah, they're cooked. Yeah. Okay. You see, John, wow. in in a tradition of ceviche, the lime, the acidity <laughs> of the lime is acting as a cooking agent yeah, to cook the meat. <laughs> the hot dog turns like white because of the lime. <laughs> Let me ask you this, Priya, because you're you're I feel like you're m- most equipped to talk about this. I hesitated to say peasant foods, but we know what I'm talking about, right? Peasant food is, you know, this whole category. Like, like panzanella. Panzanella, right? Like where you have the, I'm going to paint a picture here of just like the lords of the land have taken all of the prime cuts. And so we, the peasantry, must make do with the blood and guts and add breadcrumbs and potatoes to everything, right? Like that's, that's peasant food. Is it okay to call it peasant food? That's my question. You know, I don't know the answer to that question. question. I, <laughs> well, shit, I said it four times already, so I guess it's got to be okay. But, like, that is the best, like, do you, do you agree or disagree that, like, that is, for me, the best food in the world? Yeah. Um. Yes, I am very much, like, I, I mean, I feel like John and I both come from, like, the Momofuku school of thought of, like, limitation. Extreme limitation breeds extreme innovation, and I feel like I have always subscribed to that. Yeah. Yeah, when you have less to work with and you must create deliciousness from nothing. Right. Mm-hmm. It seems to always be better. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, well, yeah. So that is that is sort of the spirit of this dish. Although, like I said, if, depending on the era, I think these things were more... I think creme fraiche is probably a different... Yeah. I mean, I gotta say, nothing about this recipe screamed. All right, but paint this picture. Imagine you are no, 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 no. no. But I was thinking the same thing, Priya. I was like, maple syrup, cream, creme fraiche, butter, butter. Like these are all very expensive items. But 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 imagine this, okay? You are living on your Quebecois farm. (laughs) You only all you have left is Daisy, your dairy cow, or what is like a French name, Francois, your dairy cow. You know. And so, like, you're going to have cream, you're going to have butter, you know, you might even have creme fraiche. Because <laughs> you left some creme out overnight or whatever. Maple syrup you've got from your trees. And then, you know, flour and salt and, and a little sugar. Those are those are the expensive things, but those are those are sort of staples. So, anyway, verify this is a, a, a Depression-era recipe, even though it seems pretty expensive to make today. Um, 
Here on Recipe Club, though, we make the dish according to the recipe in our studio, but then we make our friends John and Priya do things a little differently. And if you've suffered through all these digressions till now, we have arrived at the heart of the matter. And this is something I could not be more excited about. On the show, we do a spin on the wheel of death to give each of us a constraint under which we must prepare the original recipe. Then everybody will be awarded by our, our, our friends in the control booth today, which are Corey, Victoria, and Gabby, a first, second, and third place here. This is really important for you guys to listen to over there. I'm looking at Corey and Victoria and Gabby right now. Because we've been playing this game for this for an entire season now. This is the last episode of the season before the finale. And it has been, JDB has been in the lead of the season standings all year long, as predicted by Priya Krishna in the very That's first right, episode. She's right. Priya stepped in in her last episode to substitute for Dave Chang. And in doing so, she ended up dropping beneath John DeBerry in the standings. But it is neck and neck between John DeBerry and Priya Krishna. If John DeBerry wins or takes second place today, he will be the season champion. If Priya Krishna wins first place today, she can swoop in in the last episode, the last second, and take first place and the season championship. It has all come down to this episode, folks. Be okay with it. If anybody, <laughs> if I'm going to lose to anybody, I can, I, I can lose okay. to Priya. You t- I'm trying to build some dramatic tension, John. <laughs> I will feel like it doesn't matter. With the show, <laughs> I don't get first place. <laughs> so this is all going to be in the hands of of Gabby, I'm Victoria, so and Corey today to to decide. Wow. I am not just I'm not just a, a handsome face here, guys. I can play spoiler here by taking second place and ruin and dashing wow. Priya's hopes or John's hopes. So. That is that is the setting we find ourselves in. So it has good. all come down to this. The last last episode of the season before the finale. Just to make things even more intense. <laughs> I'm not sure if you guys both know this. Maybe you guys already knew this, but when we did our wheel spin, <laughs> Priya ended up with the task of making this Quebecois <laughs> Maple pudding, shilma pudding cake into an Indian fusion version of it. And we thought with John DeBerry sitting in for Dave Chang here, the only thing that could make this better is if he also had to make his an Indian fusion dish oh, wow. to go head to head with I Priya. I know that. You guys are so <laughs> diabolical. And John having landed on under 20, a uh, double taxation means he also had to make his Indian fusion pudding chômeur in under 20 minutes. So this, this is where we find ourselves. I made mine using the microwave only. And I'm going to tell you, it turned out pretty well. So I hope you guys did extremely well if you want to win this. I will, I will describe mine first and then we will... <laughs> We will do. What do you think? What do we think? What is what is best for Priya to go before John or for John to go before Priya? I can't decide. Uh, let's think about that while I while I discuss mine because I think mine is sort of the closest to the original version. So I, I my task was to make this recipe microwave only, and the first thing that sort of freaked me out. You guys tell me if this freaked you out too. I hate this line of the instructions. So you you combine the syrup, the cream, the cider vinegar, and some salt, and you bring it to a boil. You reduce to a simmer and cook for five minutes. 
This is the line I hate. It may look a tad curdled at first from the vinegar, but it will all cook smoothly in the end. I hate that there's a step where this might look curdled because I've had too many um, Irish car bombs in my life. And I, I hate to see vinegar turning cream into a curdled thing. So I, I did things a little bit differently because I wanted to avoid the curdle. Uh, <laughs> microwave only. I basically combined the cream and the syrup in a, a little in an any day bowl and a little salt, and I put it in the microwave for I think three and a half minutes, just so it could sort of bubble and and, and reduce a little bit. I wanted it to be a little tighter than it was. It was it was very loose. Um, I had no idea what the cake batter was going to look like, and I was very nervous that if it was like a traditional cake batter, and I tried to pour it on top of this this caramel, it was just going to dissolve into one mass. But thankfully this batter is very, I don't know. It's like a cookie dough. It's more like a cookie yeah. dough than anything else. Yeah. It um, is. So the caramel worked out fine. It came out of the microwave. I added a little rice vin- or rice vinegar, apple cider vinegar at that point, just to give it like that tiny bit of acidity, yeah. which I think is the point more than it doesn't do any sort of like function other than just having a little bit of acidity. So I felt good about not having curdled it. Um, I made two. So I took a smaller little any day bowl, like the tiniest size. I poured some in as though I was making a flan or something, right? And then I put way too much <laughs> batter into the first one. And I put a lid on it. I make microwave that for three and a half minutes and um, inverted it onto a plate. It looked crazy because the batter didn't like spread or anything. It kind of just looked like it looked like a cookie. It looked like a giant fucking cookie. <laughs> it's just a big ass Did it, like, cookie. Bubble up or anything? Uh, it didn't really, it didn't really puff that much. It didn't mm. do much leavening. Um, but, and I was a little nervous about it, but it tasted pretty good. <laughs> it was like, it was very dense, but not tough. It was, I, I mean, I can't even describe it anything else. I said to Gabby, who was in the kitchen with me, I said that it tastes exactly like a warm caramel cookie. Like the texture was yeah. cookie. I mean, that sounds delicious. It was yeah. pretty good. It was very much like eating a hot cookie. Cause it had like, I was really nervous that it was going to be tough, but it was like, it almost had like a crumbly, like I said, yeah, like a sugar cookie texture to it. I had, and then Gabby was like, Hey, that batter is supposed to be enough to make eight or six ramekins worth or like one eight inch cake. And you've put 75% of it into a small bowl and microwaved it. And I was like, oh, okay, well, I have what I have enough left to make one more portion that's probably appropriately sized. So I put a a little bit more caramel in the bottom of a pan, put the rest of the dough and like I kind of shaped it. I formed it into like a little cake sized Mm -hmm. disc and I put it into there and I microwaved it. And that one uh, came out spectacularly. It was just like, first of all, I loved that the 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 cake batter kind of cooks and simultaneously like saturates with like absorbs yeah. <laughs> the caramel. You know, I thought it would become all one or something else horrible would happen, but it's almost like baking the cake and then it's it sucks up all of this this delightful caramel. I inverted it. I put some more on top, and this one was like a really lovely fluffy cake. A little creme fraiche on top was good, although I kind of think that like ice cream would have been better. But uh, I I felt like 
doing the microwave only version of this felt a lot more like felt not a lot more, but it felt like spiritually in line with what the, the recipe submitter is saying, you know, just like you can take this anywhere. You can do this anywhere. It's very depression era. Just like make do with what you've got. Don't use up too much fuel. Just use your microwave efficiency, efficiency, efficiency. And it was really nice. It was like a really, really nice, uh, a little microwavable dessert, you know, not like inventing anything new here. Microwave cakes are, have been everywhere. Rachel has done them twice this season, but I was really, really happy that I could, I was able to do the sort of flan like caramel at the bottom, put the cake on top, flip it over and, and get this thing. So that was my microwave only version of the pudding show mill. Uh, now whether or not I play spoiler here is yet to be seen. So, Priya, it is your episode. You are, this is your maple syrup episode. Do you want to go first or do you want John DeBerry to go first in the battle of the Indian <laughs> maple pudding cakes? Maple cakes. I'm kinda, I, want, I want to hear what John did. I'm so curious. This episode is brought to you by Jiffy Lube. Cars can be a big investment, so it's important to take care of them. I once got a car that I started out with 25000 miles on. I got it to over 200,000 miles because I took care of it. You know how you take care of a car? You take care of the maintenance, the oil, the brakes, all that stuff. And if you don't, you can have a car just completely fall apart. When your car needs maintenance, head to Jiffy Lube. They provide automotive excellence at speed. Get your oil changed, brakes checked, Tons of other multi-care services. It's all done by expertly trained technicians who actually care about taking care of you and your car. Jiffy Lube, car more. To find coupons and start an instant online estimate, visit jiffylube.com. This episode is brought to you by cars.com. When you add your car to your garage on cars.com, you'll unlock access to real-time insights into how much your car is worth. Plus, view its historical and projected value to decide when to sell. So when the time is right, you can secure an instant offer from a local dealership or sell it yourself on cars.com. Start tracking your car's value with your garage on cars.com. Okay. John okay. DeBerry, let's hear it. All right. So, I mean, I'm the kind of person who shows up to the airport like four hours early. So like getting the 20 minutes is both like fully in line with my unique flavors of mental illness but also i was like having a full-blown panic attack for like a week up until i was filming this because i was like how am i gonna do this in 20 minutes like so i just try to do all the math and like how to transfer the most heat but then i was like remembering like i this is a really similar to the stuffing recipe where i had to basically cook bread and then do some other stuff to it within the 20 minute time frame so i feel like i was a little bit like better prepared um so i sort of took that technique um, and applied it here. Um, it also helps that this recipe was like beautifully written and like had was very easy to actually use, um, even though it lacked the kind of charm of like the index card that you could barely read. But then when I was I was given the um, uh, Indian fusion uh, requirement, uh, I was like, hmm, I wonder where I can find some great Indian food. So I was reminded. <laughs> Wow. 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 Okay. Chris has done this before too. (laughs) We just try to flatter. We try to flatter. I was like, this reminds me a lot of my favorite cookbook, Indianish. (laughs) 
<laughs> right. So, Which would help I, if Priya it, was, was deciding, but she's not. <laughs> oh, well. Um, I, so I was, I was reminded of, it, it kind of reminded me of the bread pudding recipe um, from the desserts. And so I took that and then I also was just paging back and forth and I saw that there was the, the saffron yogurt recipe as well. Um, so I thought about incorporating elements of both of those uh, recipes into uh, into my dish. So what I did is um, I wanted to infuse the creme fraiche with saffron. Uh, and I knew that saffron does infuse very readily, but 20 minutes is still kind of cutting it super close. So I like, first thing I did was like yeah. furiously whisk saffron into this creme fraiche just to get it like, get it going. Uh, and then I just built the, um, the, the batter uh, and just, I, I, sorry, I use ground cardamom just for, just for speed, but I just like loaded up the the uh, the cake batter with as much ground cardamom as I think that the recipe could support. Um, and then I used, a, a, I think it's an eight inch uh, cast iron um, to like sort of pre-bake uh, the bottom layer. But I, I also had some issues with like the batter being like Play-Doh. It was very, I thought it would sort of pour into it and like, you know, like fill the, 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 um, mm -hmm. the space, but I had to like, really like use like a wet spatula, and like frantically get it, get it smooth, mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. as like the, the oven was getting heated up. And then as that was going, as like the kind of, um, the bread, the shortbread, whatever was cooking, I did the rest of it pretty much as, as is like, there's nothing particularly time sensitive about making the, the, um, the, the caramel, even though I never, I didn't get any curdling. I didn't, it didn't happen for me, but it doesn't scare me all that much. Uh, and then as soon as the, the kind of, <laughs> as soon as the bread was sort of looking to be somewhat solid, I then rather than trying to like layer it one way, I poured the caramel on top of the, 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 the cake or the bread or whatever it was, and then just threw it in the oven. Uh, and then also for some reason I like, cause I'm so insane about time. I'm so, so, so like just beyond panicking during these moments. You can see it cause it's like one 20 minute take that I did on my phone. Um, I actually had time to like clean up and like do the, take wow. the, like, do the dishes. I was like, oh. um, and I also chopped some pistachios. So that was another, um, Priya Krishna innovation that I applied. Um, and then when I, I took it out of the um, oven and actually like I, I didn't get it just to be done. I actually, it seemed cooked enough that I actually took it out of the oven, cooled off enough for me to turn, put a plate on top of the thing and then flip it. Uh, and then I actually like pastry bagged the saffron creme fraiche over it, even though it wasn't really that beautiful. Uh, and, wow. and then I just dropped, uh, dropped like a, a healthy handful of chopped pistachios over the top and it was so good. And I think the pistachios really help because it's a bit of the textures are lovely and they're nice but having that kind of like a little bit yeah. of, a, of a nutty crunch over the top like just adds another layer of of interestingness and deliciousness so it came out so good i almost ate the whole thing and it was like 10 in the morning and i don't <laughs> if i eat sweets in like any time before 2 p.m like my whole day is shot because it's just like the blood sugar just sends me like i don't know what's going on with me but like um it was so it was so good <laughs> Uh, and I wish I had made a larger batch, but that was it. Yeah. So 20, it's definitely doable in 20 Yum. minutes. It didn't look great. It looked like roadkill, but it tasted 
exquisite. So you made <laughs> you so made good. the the sort of caramel. Uh, you made the maple syrup cream stuff in the in the in the sorry in the cast iron, and then put the batter on top. Or you made that separately and then poured. Well, it Well, I mean, I had a separate pan of the, just getting the the like the first step of like the bringing it to a boil, letting it simmer for a couple of minutes just to get everything cooked. And then once it was cooked, mm-hmm. and then I threw it into the cast iron, and then took all the, took the cast iron off the stove, and then threw it in the oven for like probably like seventeen minutes. You know, yes, yeah, give or take fifteen. Um, uh, very but cool. yeah, it was awesome. Yeah, it was so good. Uh, yeah. And did yours puff very much? Did it? Did it, it did not. Okay, it, it doesn't really it leaven like, very much. It was it was actually very light and fluffy, and it absorbed the liquid. It very much reminded yeah. me of, of French toast. It was like that same vibe of yep. like that super saturated French toast. So that was like really delicious. But it didn't like yeah, it didn't do a whole lot like in terms of like the, the baking powder. I well, you know maybe you use baking soda and it would be more puffy, but I also don't think it needs to be. I think it's a really nice, like kind of gut bomb. It's like sugar, <laughs> sugar load. Yeah, it was good. It was really good. Gut bomb. Sugar. I was so, <laughs> so relieved <laughs> when I cooked it. It was when it was edible and didn't look like, you know, it was gut bomb sugar load. I wonder if yeah. there's not enough acid in this recipe for that baking powder to do anything. Uh, oh, possibly. It might just be floating around in there because there's no like acidity in this. Uh, all right, judges in the booth. That's John DeBerry's cardamom uh, maple cake with saffron creme fraiche and, and crumbled pistachios. pistachios done in under 20 minutes in a cast iron skillet. John elected to inject some flavors and innovations from uh, Indianish into his pudding shill mill. I'm going to say it normally at some point, but not yet. <laughs> sure. Priya Krishna, you had all the time in the world to fuse your cake with some Indian inspiration. What did you do? Um, so I took my inspiration from the one of my favorite Indian desserts, gulab jamun, which actually, if you think about it, is is really not all that different from you know, a pudding chômeur. It's and, like a syrup you know, saturated cake. Yeah. Um, and usually you deep fry it and then you saturate it in syrup. Mm. Um, I've always thought that a gulab jamun just tasted like a really well buttered, well syruped pancake. And so when I saw this, I was like, oh, obviously, you know, I should just go the gulab jamun route. And when you make the syrup, you infuse it with spices. And the two spices that always stand out to me the most that I think are make gulab jamun, gulab jamun are cardamom and saffron. And so I made the maple syrup and then I just infused it for as long as I could with I in a mortar and pestle. I freshly crushed cardamom mm. pods and then I crushed saffron. I crushed saffron into a powder and then I put it in and let it steep for a really long time. And, and then I salted it pretty aggressively as well. Um, like more aggressive than the recipe. And it was, that syrup was like, I could, it was like drinkable. Mm. <laughs> um, it was really, really, really good. Sounds delightful. The cake recipe kind of drove me crazy because I was trying to use Seth's stand mixer, but it's such a small amount of stuff that yeah. like a stand mixer is like impossible. And so my first attempt, it was just, it was just <laughs> watching the paddle just go like this and the batter is here. <laughs> right. Where it's like one of those things where like, yeah, there's a, there's a, there's an amount of stuff you can put into a stand mixer where the paddle will never touch it. It's yeah. just like, yeah. it's like laying down under a moving train and you're just like, I yes. hope this doesn't touch me. 
<laughs> um, and so in the video, you'll see, I'll be like, attempt number four in the stand mixer. And eventually I like call Seth, who's at the gym, and he's like, just do it by hand. Yeah. And I was like, you expect me to cream butter and sugar by hand? Um, he's like, I'm doing it in the gym right now. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I did it in 20 minutes. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean... John, I you I I know you have you have big muscles under those that t-shirt. I'm not surprised. <laughs> Forearms of steel. Um I did it by hand and it was painful, but I <laughs> managed it. I do not have much arm strength is what I learn every time I whisk. Um so I did that and I put a little bit of saffron in the dough just because mm. I wanted like the color saffron. Like when you bake it, it doesn't really like it kind of bakes out, but like it'll give you a really nice color, like almost like just like a light golden color that I thought would mm. just like make it look all the more appealing. And then I was like, oh, saffron, I should do Gesar Pista, one of like the most iconic flavors in all of Indian and many South Asian cuisines really is Gesar Pista, which means saffron pistachio. You will find it in countless desserts, um, including uh, Shrikhand, because um, it has saffron in it and then you top it with pistachios usually. And so I was like, oh, I kind of want to make this like a pistachio cake, a pistachio saffron cake. So I chopped up pistachios and I put them straight into the batter with the saffron so that it could be like a saffron pistachio cake and you'd get those like nice bites mm. of nuts in the cake. Um, and then I used like an eight inch pan, did the syrup, but I mean the cake, the dough was just, it was like a batter. It was like a cookie dough and I had to sort of like press it out. Yeah. yeah. And so I was just like, it was just really messy. Like syrup was just getting everywhere. It was glooping around the sides. I was like, if they're trying to make three different layers, that's not happening here. <laughs> um, so it's just like, it looked kind of messy, but I was like, all right, I feel like I'm going to get, I, I understand what's happening here. Put the rest of my syrup mixture on top, um, baked it, upturned it. Um, I served it with just straight um, creme fraiche. Cause I was like, I've already, I've already really like spicified this enough. And it was really delicious. In fact, if anything, I feel like it could have taken more syrup. Um, like I could have added like a third more syrup mm. and would have loved it. I really liked like the plain creme fraiche playing against all of the spices that were going on. Did you end up putting had... cream in with your with your with your syrup or did you just do the infused syrup? Oh, yes. I Yeah, okay. I did put cream in my syrup. Um, but I feel like it just comes out more just like a syrup like it doesn't yeah it doesn't feel like a dare it feels more like a yeah, caramel yeah, yeah. Than i was like, just thinking yeah. like because also like because because gulab jamun is just like a clear syrup too like right like you could yeah. have easily done this but it sort time. of functioned it functioned the same way as the syrup in gulab jamun does mm -hmm. which is like it, it's like a soaking agent for the cake mm -hmm. um and it really did have gulab jamun vibes i feel like i could have like I could have let it sit and maybe it would have like soaked up even more. I could have like added even more syrup and it would have tasted even more like gulab jamun. Uh, I had my friends taste it. They were like, I feel like the, the cardamom and the saffron is the best part about this. And it kind of, it played surprisingly well with the maple syrup. My downstairs neighbors are moving out. So I gave some to their three-year-old daughter, Paloma. She knocked on my door and said she loved it. So <laughs> I mean, what more do you need to know? <laughs> well, if Paloma, Paloma loves, loves it. it. 
I, I, I agree with you on the syrup thing. I um, although I, I was like I said, I loved how this worked out, and I think we we all had the same experience of being surprised by this dough being more like a cookie dough than a cake batter. Um, but it's also super forgiving. I feel like you yeah. just you <laughs> cram it in there, and I had the same worries of just like is uh, the syrup's not all staring on the bottom. Like what the hell is going to happen here? And it just like kind of works out. The cake bakes, it sucks up the syrup, it's fine. Yeah. But in my head, I also had that sort of same idea that you're talking about, Priya, where like, oh, I kind of want it to be like soaked in like a, mm-hmm. a thinner syrup mm-hmm. and just sort of like saturated in that sort of like almost rum baba kind of way or whatever. But it's good nevertheless. Uh, that is it. That's three variations on our pudding chômeur. <laughs> I, uh, I <laughs> I hate to do this to everybody, but it also occurs to me that we have a finale episode coming up next. Yeah. And <laughs> are you going to hold the results until the finale? I'm going to hold the results until the finale. Yeah. Wow. Uh, yeah. You, the listener, John DeBerry, Priya Krishna, none of us will know. There is, I will, because wow. I mean, I always get to know, but nobody <laughs> else will know the results of this episode. And thus, the season finale and all of the trappings of the champion, we're talking about the trophy. We're talking about the bragging rights. <laughs> we're talking about the line on your LinkedIn. We're talking about all <laughs> kinds of shit that comes with this, man. Maybe a sash, maybe a tiara. Who knows what, we, what might lie in store for this champion and the endorsements. The, the, oh. That's where the, we make your real money is the endorsement deals that come along with being a recipe club champion. I'm going to check in with the booth really quick. Gabby, Victoria, and Corey, without telling us, has the jury reached a verdict? Do you have a first, second, third place locked in for us? We're still deliberating, but I think once I think we me come... and Priya should tie. <laughs> <laughs> once we come to a conclusion, I have an envelope next to me, and we're going to write down the results physically and seal it in the envelope wow. to be opened on <laughs> the finale. Bullshit. It's like Survivor. It's bullshit. They're not going to let me see the results. They're not going to let me see the results. <laughs> Fucking Price Waterhouse Cooper over here is yeah. still letting me see the goddamn results of this thing. Do not read the wrong name, Chris. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. La La yeah. Land wins. Um, <laughs> so, okay. That is all the more reason for everybody to tune into the finale. We have, just so JDB and Priya, you guys know, we've got uh, the awards ballot is out there right now on our Discord. So if you sign up for our Discord server at MajorDemoMedia.com, you can vote for recipe of the year uh we have the biggest comeback so i think that every each each of you guys is nominated for biggest comeback meaning like you were saddled with some ridiculous task and had to overcome it so whoever had the the best comeback we've got uh best recipe chooser (laughs) not sure either one of you is in line for that I think I'm, I mean, but, you know, I think I'm there's a whole, most poisoned. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> most poisoned. There's a, there's a whole slew of awards that you can vote on. And you have to sign up through our Discord to participate in this awards ballot. I, I honestly, I let other people vote, but I don't know where else to tell people this ballot lives. So sign up for the Discord, vote. It's just, it's a fun little form you can fill out. We're going to find the winner of this season. All I know is that I lost. I think that there is a is statistically impossible for me to do anything but lose this season, unfortunately. Uh, but that doesn't mean, um, you know, I hate the show or anything. It just means I lost it. 
So many, many, many reasons to to tune in for our finale, which will be coming up, I think, next week. Maybe we have a week off in between. But uh, in the meantime, you should check out our Major Domo YouTube where you're going to see this uh, cooking of various recipes, recipes, recipes from the season. We're going to get more up there. These guys have sent us all of their cooking footage. We're just backlogged with editing stuff. Um, but Gabby is waving a, an envelope at me. She is putting the results into an envelope and sealing it uh, with a wax seal. It looks like, and it's going under lock and key right now. Uh, let's see. The armed security guards have just arrived. They are putting it into the back of the Brinks truck, and I'm watching it pull away right now. Okay. Nobody will know what is happening, what has happened in this episode. If you have an opinion, you should voice your opinion, again, on that awards ballot. Everyone is going to have the opportunity to re-rank the season, so everyone can weigh in on who they think should uh, deserves mm. to be <clears throat> in wow. last place in this <clears throat> wonderful show. And uh, we will find you, Chris. All, all of that out <laughs> on the finale. Uh, Priya and John, what do you guys think? What do you, how do you guys think it went? You guys both <sighs> use pistachio, saffron, and cardamom. We sort of secretly made the same thing, although I think Priya's was way more structurally interesting, but I also only had 20 minutes. <laughs> Priya? Um, no, I, I like, honestly, like, I... I thought what John did was amazing. Um, <laughs> which how, is like, how can I? Which is a so like, I, think the, I think the flavors John chose, the source material, his inspiration were incredible. <laughs> that was my whole goal. I'm like, you can't. Like, you just. Uh, okay. Well, everybody, tune in for the finale to find out. Do you think we should do one of those things where, like, we just hold on to the results until the very end of the episode too. Yeah. Right. We can't, you got to listen to the whole finale to find this out. This is the big award. This is the big one. Well, I feel like it's kind of like, I, I mean, I'm comparing this to survivor because it's the only kind of game com- competition show that I watch. Cause I don't watch sports or anything like that. It's sort of like they, it's like halfway through the finale. They, they say who won. Oh, actually no. Well, yeah, they kind of halfway through, they say who won. And then there's like kind of like a reunion special. And then it's like a whole uh, kind of like postmortem. So all right, let's let's yeah. like we'll, how, and it's like how how they did it retrospective. Yeah, exactly, okay. exactly. Okay. Right. So we'll do yeah. like a whole, show. Yeah, we'll do a yeah. whole watch what happens live. We'll yeah, do like exactly. a recipe yeah. club live. We'll we'll do a half hour episode of recipe club, and then we'll have a recipe club live. Where we'll bring mm-hmm. you all to the couch to discuss yeah, exactly. how things played out. Any infighting that the happened in the back special. Mm-hmm. Is there okay? Just one last question for Gabby: Is there any way for either of these two to drop out of second place mathematically? Can one of these guys fall into third like if you place? win, Chris? Like if I win, or if if one of you two gets third, will that drop you beneath Brian Ford? Who's if Priya gets third place, she'll drop to fourth. <sighs> Whoa, oh my God! Whoa, the stakes are so high. The stakes have. The stakes have never, never been, been higher. higher. Fourth. Wow. That's brutal. Wow, Priya, this is incredible. This is and what happens if I get the third? greatest. If John gets third, what happens? If John gets third, I think he still lives in second. John, John, wow. you can do no John can do no John. worse than second place. But Priya, a lot is riding on this. Wow. And I know your parents, and I know how disappointed they will be if first place is <laughs> in your grasp. 
and you drop so the fourth true. place. That is that is honestly so true. Guys, my microwave cake was sick. Let me just say it was so good. It was so, so good. Okay. That's all coming on the finale. Thank you, everybody. Thank you, John DeBerry, for sitting in as our Dave Chang this week. Thank you, Priya, Anytime. for doing this at now 10 p.m. Uh, Greenwich Mean Time. That's GMT. Just like, you're right in the gmt uh thank you all for listening please give us five stars however you rate this podcast and uh don't forget to vote if you don't vote you can't complain okay.